Okay, so we're carrying on in our series that we're doing for a year called Kingdom Culture, and we're looking at 12 different kingdom culture values um, in order to build what we're describing as a greenhouse where the good things of the kingdom can grow. Because we want to gather into a family where we encounter God, get transformed in his presence, and then bring the kingdom, the rule, the domain of the king wherever we go. I want to ask you a question. Um, What's one of the things that God loves? What's something that God loves? He loves worship. He loves obedience. He loves a cheerful giver. (laughs) He loves cheerful givers. Or, as the Greek word says, hilaria, which I can't pronounce it, which was where we get our word hilarious. So he wants us to be a community of hilariously generous people. So that when the offering gets taken up, we have to say, please stop the hilarity, because we do need to get on with some preaching. Please stop the joy. And so when we hear there's a need, someone goes, woo, generosity opportunity that I can get to pour out. God's looking for generosity. He's looking for generous people. And generosity, not just in terms of um, finance, but generosity in terms of time, Generosity in terms of encouragement, generosity in terms of hospitality, generosity in terms of friendship, generosity in terms of love, generosity in terms of forgiveness, um, all those types of generosity. He wants us to be a cheerful giver. You can read that in uh, 2 Corinthians 9. God loves a cheerful giver and is able to bless you abundantly. Okay, so that's what we're going to be looking at for three weeks, the topic of generosity. And generosity really springs from the heart. So to be hilarious in our giving, in all those areas, really requires that God is doing something in our hearts. How many of you know that you're not going to be very hilarious in your generosity if someone tells you you've got to? That doesn't really make much joy spring up. I'm going to tell you three weeks of some rules to make you have to be more generous. You are not going to be full of joy. You are not. See, generosity springs from the way we see the world. And I want to talk about two ways of seeing the world this morning. Because we all have these... Okay, we don't see them, but we're all seeing the world through different lenses, okay? Everything we, we're seeing the world through 3D, it's new, 3D Sunday, 3D glasses. We're all seeing the world through lenses. We're either seeing the world through a lens that we could call a poverty mindset, which we'll explore, or we're seeing the world through a lens of the prosperous soul, which we can read about in 1 and 3 John 1 to 4. Take these glasses off because it's really making everything 3D and that's a bit <laughs> freaky. <laughs> 1 John, 1 John, um, uh, 1 John 3 says in the New American Standard, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. And so a healthy, prospering, inner spiritual life leads to 
a generous disposition, a generous way we see the world. But if in our heart we are with a poverty mindset, a poverty way of thinking, it is almost impossible to produce radical, hilarious giving that pleases God from a mindset that is poor. And we're not talking about poor in spirit that Jesus talked about. Poor in spirit when he's on the, the, the Sermon on the Mount is, poor in spirit means a kind of humility, a type of humility that respects government and respects authority. We're talking about a way of seeing the world that is either rich and abundant or poor. And so, where does this prosperity of soul come from then? It comes from some of the things we've been looking at over this year. And one of the things it springs from is a really, really big view of God. A prosperous soul has a really, really big view of the abundance of God. And so a prosperous mindset always sees everything through the lenses, through the glasses of a God of abundance. A God who is able to richly supply all that I need according to the riches of his glory. It's a big view of God's favour on my life. It's I'm walking with favour. I'm walking with the favour of God. It's a mindset that says there's more than enough. There's more than enough of everything. It's a lens that sees there's more than enough time. There's more than enough opportunities. There's more than enough finance. There's more than enough so that I can be hospitable. It's a way of seeing the world with a prosperous soul. It's an abundant mindset. It's a healthy inner world. And so this morning, we're going to now look at what is a poverty mindset with the belief that actually we're going to see that mindset changed by truth. We're going to see it change by truth. And so as we go through some of the symptoms of a poverty mindset, it's not so that we're condemned. It's not so that we're crushed. It's not so that we think small. It's so that we know that the Holy Spirit is highlighting things because God is the God of freedom. God is the God of setting the captives free. God is the God of abundant freedom. He wants us to be a free people. And so the Holy Spirit is going to be touching our hearts and our lives and weeding out where we have a poverty mindset, where we're wearing poverty glasses. SC18, according to statistics and objective reality for a lot of people, is an economically poor area. And in many ways, there is poverty amongst us and poverty around us. Uh, how many of you know that someone could, you could chuck millions and millions and millions and millions of pounds at SEAT and it wouldn't change necessarily the way people think? Mm-hmm. Have you heard the terrible stories of people who win the lottery? You know, you hear crazy stories about how they... Um, win millions and millions and millions of pounds, but it didn't change the way they saw the world whatsoever. They were rich economically, but they weren't prosperous in their soul. (laughs) 
Money can't make a soul prosperous. It can't change a mindset. So you see people who win millions and they blow the whole lot. And uh, it didn't change them at all. The mindset often around this area is, there is never enough. There is never enough. Another mindset of our area is, it won't work. And there's never enough. There's never enough of anything. We're hidden, we're forgotten, and it won't work anyway. And so the atmosphere can be in an area that can get into our hearts is a hopelessness and a way of seeing the world as it's just hopeless. Nothing's going to change. And when we live under that kind of message long enough, it's not just I live in an area where it's never going to work or I live in an area where there's never enough. It becomes personal. There's never enough for me. It won't work for me. I'm hopeless. I can't change. It won't work for me. It's never going to work for me. And then it goes even deeper. It won't work for me because I'm not worth it. Can you see that? that we, you can live in an atmosphere that just it won't work and then it becomes personal. My identity is I've got a poor mindset. It It's not going to work because I'm not worth it. I'm not worth it. And then it can lead us in our our thinking, even if economically and financially we've got what we need, we can feel like we're a beggar. We can feel that we're impoverished. We can feel that we have a destitute sense of, I'm never going to have enough. It's never going to work. I'll always be in lack. And fear and the poverty mindset are like buddies and best friends. They kind of hang out together. Fear and the poverty mindset. It's going to run out. It's going to run out. There won't be enough. I'm going to be destitute. I'm going to be poor. I'm going to lose my home. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to fear, I'm fearing, I'm fearing not having enough because the atmosphere and everything I'm hearing around me is is not going to work, there's not enough, nothing's going to change. And so there can become a fear of that that grips us. And then that leads to grudging, annoyed giving. (laughs) Can you see that? That you can, hilarious giving comes from an abundance and a prosperity of soul. Wow, there's always going to be enough It's always going to work. I serve a big God of limitless resources. I'm a steward of that. I'm pouring that out. I'm pouring that out. But a poor mindset thinks there's not enough. It's running out. And now you want some of my limited resources of emotion, of time and energy and hospitality and finance. And then you can read in Proverbs 23 a kind of picture of what that can look like when our giving becomes kind of grudging giving in Proverbs 23 and verse 7 this is, this is the poverty this is the poverty mindset holding a feast 
For he is the kind of person who is always thinking about the cost. Eat, drink, he says, but his heart isn't with you. You will vomit up the little you've eaten, and you will have wasted your compliments. <laughs> it's that. <laughs> That's the kind of grudging giving. That's the grudging giving. That's not hilarious giving. That's stingy thinking. Always thinking about the cost. You can see, if you want to go and have some fun, go to an eat-as-much-as-you-want buffet, okay, and spot, spot the poverty mindset, okay? Now, there is another way that you could argue on what I'm talking about is that the person just didn't want to go back again and again and again. Now, that's fair enough. Maybe they're tired and they need to eat quickly. But there's another view of saying it, that you go along and all these things are full... And there's an abundance, okay? It's going to fill again. There's going to be more duck. There's going to be more roast pork. There's going to be more noodles. There's going to be more rice. There's going to be more chicken balls. But the poverty mindset thinks, this is all there is! This is all there is! Fill your plate! Fill your plate! It's running out! It's running out! It's running out! And so they've got this sauce and that sauce and peaking duck with this. And they try to get back. Phew! You, it was running out. <laughs> fear is, is, the fear it won't come back. Someone's going to get the last dumpling. <laughs> Grab all the dumplings. They're running out. It's the end of the world. No, there's a chef back there. They've got enough. They've got enough. Breathe. The poverty mindset, the terror. You can see it when there's panic about something that's going to happen. Poverty mindset. We're running out of fuel. Everybody's queuing. There's not going to be enough petrol. It's running out. It's running out. It's running out. It's the end of the world. Fill your car up. Fill your car up. So we all sit there in queues to fill our car up. Because someone said somewhere there might be a strike in the tanker. So we panic. The poverty mindset steals and hounds us. It's like a a barking dog that steals peace. It won't work. Won't work. Won't work. It's not enough. It's not enough. It's all running out. You don't have enough. You haven't got enough capacity. You're going to fail. You're not strong enough. You're not big enough. You don't know enough. The poverty mindset will keep you hidden. You cooperate with the idea that you're invisible. You're nothing. You've got nothing to say. You've got nothing to add. You didn't finish your education. They're all cleverer than you in the room. Be quiet. Be quiet. Shut up. Keep quiet. Don't think too much of yourself. You're invisible. You're invisible. And even if you did speak, what you say will be wrong. Better to not say anything than be wrong, because you're always wrong. Keeps you invisible. I've got nothing to contribute. I've got nothing to be generous with. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. And it can feel like a really, really safe place. 
the poverty mindset can feel really safe. Because let me say this, as soon as you say that I'm going to be generous with my finances, I'm going to be generous with my time, I'm going to be generous with hospitality, I'm going to be generous with encouragement, I'm going to be generous with compliments, I'm going to be generous in the room. Whenever I'm in the room, I'm going to, I'm going to be a, a contributor. I'm going to be a giver. I'm going to pour out what God's poured in me. I'm going to speak. Suddenly, you can feel really, really scared. Because suddenly you're faced with this. I've got to dare to risk. I've got to step out and take a chance. I've got to do something I've not done before. This makes me feel vulnerable. This makes me feel insecure. This makes me feel uncertain. But when you know that the route to a prosperous soul is I'm choosing to believe God, you know on the other side of that is freedom. And you know on the other side of that is living from a heart that's got abundance. You have to make a choice at this moment. Am I going to live or am I going to die? Am I going to live where I've always lived? Or am I going to press through to where I don't know and where I feel vulnerable? Because poverty mindset can feel familiar. You can learn to trust your sense of lack. You can learn to trust in it. It becomes a familiar place, a safe place. Because you know you've got X, Y and Z. And if you hold on to X, Y and Z, you know you've got X, Y and Z. But if I'm generous with one of the things I have, then it's going to cost me. What will people think of me? I'm unfamiliar. Who knows what will happen if I step out in generosity? Let me say that it, to grow in Christ, you do have to sometimes die. You have to die to what limits you. I, I all my life, would have preferred never to have ever had to speak in public. I, I, hated, I hated the idea of it. When my friend Hayden got asked to preach, I was glad it wasn't me. I celebrated that idea. <laughs> but I'd made a deal with God that seemed rather strange at one point when I was 22, 23. I, that was essentially, I'll always say yes to you, God. Whatever you, whatever you ask me to do, my answer is already yes. And so when David Pike... For I do not know why he asked me to preach, asked me to preach. I said to him, I'll let you know on Sunday, I thought about it and I said yes. Because I'd already said yes years before. But even to this day, I can still see the poverty mindset spring up. And so I can feel really comfortable in this environment. But when you take me out here and you place me in in a room where everybody looks like really big leaders, the poverty mindset kicks in. They're bigger than you, more successful than you, their churches are bigger than yours, they're internationally well-known, they've written books, 
Be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. Don't make a fool of yourself. Don't say anything, don't say anything. And then you hear God say, I want you to start being a contributor wherever you want. Wherever you are. God, I'm going to (laughs) die. I don't want to do this. I feel so stupid. It doesn't feel very profound. They're all profound. They've all got history. I don't feel very profound. And then you come out and you have to say to your wife, did, did that make sense what I said? You start getting all insecure. Did it make sense what I said? I don't know. Did it make sense? I feel insecure. feel vulnerable. This is unfamiliar. Get me back. Get me back to my cave. I feel safe in the cave. Then you go again and you say, no, no, no. God said, God said. And you press through. And you have to die to it. You have to die to it. And you have to die to it. Because the poverty mindset is the opposite to a prosperous soul. A prosperous soul is, I agree with your assessment, God. I am not going into the room to prove anything because I've got nothing to prove because I'm already a son and I'm already adopted and I'm already your friend. So if what I say is good or bad or indifferent or makes no sense, actually that's irrelevant because I'm just being obedient to you and I've already got a secure place and an inheritance in Christ. A prosperous soul says, I'm not going to measure what the reaction is and the response is by the room, but by obedience to God and what he's asked me to do. And so we can say that, God, I'm going to be generous with my finances and my money because everything comes from you. I'm going to be generous with my encouragement because everything comes from you. I'm going to be generous with my time and friendships and hospitality because I know that there's always enough. There's always enough. There's always enough. There's always enough. And so one of the other things that springs up from a a poverty mindset is the fear that if someone gets promoted that means that's taken from you because you think there's one less resource in the world now because they got what you wanted oh no no that's gone that's gone that's gone but an abundant mindset says a prosperous soul there's more there's more there's more it's a little like the 51 and 53 bus They'll come around again and sometimes they come together and sometimes there's three of them in a row. There's more than enough. There's more than enough. There's more than enough. There's more than enough opportunities. There's more than enough promotions. There's more than enough resources. I don't need to grab everything that comes past me like the buffet. Oh, I better grab everything. Say yes to everything because this might be the last thing that will ever pass me by. Fill up my plate and say yes. No, an abundance is, I know. I know what he's calling me to. It's coming. It's coming, he'll make it happen, he'll provide, he'll make a way. Internal generosity accelerates the removal of limits and constraints. I think that's get a, a right view of God, a right view of yourself in God, a right view of your circumstances and the people around you. Let God's word dwell richly in you, let it create a prosperous heart. And it will overcome the limits and constraints. Let me read you a verse. It says in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 8. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. In other words, you're not going to be commanded or forced or pressurised. For God loves a cheerful giver and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times having all that you need you will abound in every good work abound generous abundantly 
Whatever you need, make a decision today, whatever you need, become a radical sower into that area. So if you feel, no one ever encourages me, I'm invisible, I need encouragement, be a radical encourager. Find someone over coffee to radically encourage. So generously into encouragement. Say, I feel lonely here and I've got no friends and I don't think anybody would notice if I wasn't here. Be a radically generous friend. Maybe you, you feel like I can't invite them to my home because I've only got one room. Take them out for coffee. Take them out for a Coke. Take them out for a sandwich. Be a radical friend. Whatever you, you need, sow into it generously. Sow into it generously. Hospitality, time. It overcomes the stinginess and the poverty of our hearts. It takes us out of feeling, I'm a victim. I'm powerless. No, I'm powerless over this to say, actually... I'm an overcomer. I can do all things in Christ. I can be a great friend. I can be a great encourager. I can give what I have generously in proportion to what I have. God never says it's at this kind of amount. He says, what you're getting in, be radical with it. Be generous with it. Come to the Holy Spirit and say, for me and you, what is generosity looking like with our finances? The widow just gave two little mites, two tiny copper coins. What does it look like for you to be generous. What does it look like for you to cause God to know that you're a cheerful, hilarious giver? That will look different to everybody. Everybody's economics will be very different from each person. And God is just looking. What's going on in the heart? So let me invite you to stand. We're going we're gonna to shift some lies and we're going to go after some truths, okay? Because this whole thing is about a mindset it's about the way you see the world. It's about the lenses that you see through. And that's often about getting truth in your heart and believing God's truth and lining up in, with God's truth. I mean, we've done this before. I mean, I, I, we've laughed at lies. I feel quite a few of these ones are making me chuckle already. So feel free to join in. But we don't have to laugh at them. There's a few lies and a few truths. Renew your mind. Poverty mindset is transformed by right biblical thinking. It's aligning yourself with God's truth, God's reality, and choosing to agree with God over your circumstances. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is how this happens. A lie. I, I always end up alone. I'm so lonely. 1 John 1 7 says, I'm a member of the family of Christ. Yeah? yeah. yeah. That's the truth. The truth is not you are always going to end up alone. God has loved you, saved you, and brought you into his family. Life will always be a struggle. I'll never get ahead. Another truth is. Hebrews 4, 9-11, rest and peace are my portion through Christ. Rest and peace. Yeah. Rest and peace. Where there's striving, let rest come to you now, in Jesus' name. Where there's a struggling, let peace come to you now, in Jesus' name. Listen to this one. It sounds funny, but some of us believe this. My family is cursed. I am cursed and can't break free. 
Jesus became a curse for us and carried every curse. So right now we take authority over any mindsets that say grandma was poor, dad was poor, mum was poor, we never had enough. That's our portion. We break that right now and say Jesus carried that portion. He carried that curse. Life is always a struggle. Circumstances and problems rule my life. No, God is my refuge and my strength. I come to a strong tower. I come to the shadow of his wings. I'm incapable of stewardship. I can't get control of myself or my money. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes, yeah, so I line myself up with that. I'm, I'm not going to agree with that mindset that says I'm incapable of stewarding my money or I can't get control of me or my money. I can do it through Jesus. I can do it. I'm a new creation in Christ. This is another one. You have to have money to get money. 2 Corinthians 9.10 It is my God who gives, my, gives me seed to sow. Yeah. Yeah. So actually seed comes from God to yeah. sow and steward yeah. well. Yeah. Okay, so we release seed to you. If you don't have what you need, we say in Jesus' name, we release seed to yeah. you yeah. that God will provide you seed to sow yeah. generosity into the kingdom of God. Yeah. Money diverts you from the kingdom. No, money is a tool and true wealth is Christ himself. Yeah. Now I'm going to break this one because this is a big over here. I ne- I'll never be able to get out of debt. I feel trapped. Psalm 1, 3. I am firmly planted and I will prosper. Yes. So right now we take authority over the lie that you will never get out of debt. We just say this, this season can pass. This season can pass. You're a tree planted by God. We say let... Let, let bank balances come into alignment. Let people who are struggling financially get connected to people who are wise stewards who can share with you some of their, their stewardship secrets because there are skills to money and handling it well. But we break off the lie that you will always be poor and you'll always be in debt and you'll never be able to plan. Right now, just pray, Holy Spirit, let there come an, even, a, even right on us now, an ability to plan for the future, to, to plan things, because you believe that God's going to provide right now, in Jesus' name. One of the mindsets of our area is, we don't think about the future because we're surviving just in the moment. We're filling our plate in the moment at the buffet because there is no future, because it won't work. And we break that in, in Christ right now and say, be bold to start dreaming of the future and believing God who will provide you with all that you need. Another lie, I am jobless and can't work. God will supply all your needs. Philippians 4.19 you, 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 you are skilled in God. You're God's poem. God has placed gifts, abilities and talents that are unique to you. We just say let those be coming out in Jesus' name. As you go to interviews... Go there with a kind of boldness that say, you'll be, you'll be really blessed if you get me. You'll be really blessed if you get me. Be, be, in, be believing that God wants to do you good. Another one, money scares me. I live in constant fear about money. Fretting is not my portion. 
Psalm 37, Proverbs 24, 19. We just right now in Jesus' name, we just take authority over the mindset of the fear about not having enough in Jesus' name. We say the dogs that bark in the night, be silent in Jesus' name. Fretting and fear is not your portion. Now the poverty things. I always feel rejected by people, by God and by, my, by myself. The cross qualifies me to draw near to God with confidence. We just take authority over rejection, the feeling of rejection, the feeling of hiddenness and being invisible. We just break that right now in Jesus' name. In our own minds, I will not agree with that. The cross has qualified me. I'm called the beloved. I'm a son or daughter of the living God. I have an inheritance in Christ. Another one, I am less than others. There's something wrong with me because I don't fit in. That's how I was thinking in those rooms. No, I am, a, I am precious to God and I'm one of his children. Yeah, we just break off right now the lie. There's something wrong with you. Because it's the truth. There's something wrong with all of us. That's why Jesus had to die. Yeah. All, right? <laughs> all right, there is something wrong with us. Okay, <laughs> There's something profoundly wrong with us. <laughs> we were rebellious, dead in our sins, sinners who hated God and were his enemies. Now that's something wrong with us. And before, before the foundation of the world, he died for us in that sense. He knew he was going to go for us. Yeah, there's something wrong with me, but I'm qualified. <laughs> there was something profoundly broken in me. But I'm a new creature in Christ. The old has gone and new has come. <laughs> wow, that's a girl. Oh, that feels a good one, doesn't it? <laughs> it's good to be able to look in the mirror and say, yeah, there was something wrong with me. <laughs> I was broken. I don't deserve love, money or health. I'm always, I'll always be the poor one in the family. <laughs> Proverbs 22, 4. The reward of humility are riches, honour and life. I am worthless and not good enough for success. I'm just a mechanic. Oh, I wish I could do fix cars. Christ loves me and died on the cross for me. Whatever it is after that, break it off. You are not worthless. You, you are good enough for success. You're not just anything. You're the most amazing creation on the planet. You're a displayer of glory. You're a displayer of God. You're not just anything. I'm a pauper not a prince actually Christ's sacrifice delivered me from darkness into light let's do three more I'm a burden to my family and society actually I receive supernatural power to become a world changer wow that's a good one (laughs) wow let's get that, that sink in I'm not a burden to my family I'm not a burden to to the society I have the Holy Spirit in me. And where I go, the domain, the rule of the kingdom goes. I have power to become a world changer. World changer, in that sense, I'm a family changer. I'm a legacy changer. I'm an office changer. I'm a bus stop changer. I'm not loved. I'm only adopted because no one wanted me. <laughs> well, these are they are funny, aren't they? But we do we do meditate on them in, in our minds sometimes, don't we? I am a dearly loved and adopted as a son into Jesus Christ yes. Himself. Ephesians yes. one five. This this last this this the last one. This is a good one to laugh at. God is too big and too busy to pay attention to me. 
<laughs> God's eye is upon me. I'm not forgotten. Luke 12, 24. We, God, just pray for right now, the Holy Spirit, you would come and you'd put courage in each man or woman standing here, each young person standing here. Courage to step out of the familiar. Courage to go into circumstances and situations where you actually don't know what's going to happen and you don't know how it's going to happen and how it's going to work out. To step into vulnerability, to step into the unknown. Courage to be those who are able to risk. Be intentional with your generosity. Even right now, be making decisions with God. I will be an intentionally generous person because you love hilarious givers and because prosperity of soul spiritual health accelerates my growth it overcomes stinginess and it breaks off limits and constraints the god i'm not a victim i'm not powerless but by the power of the work of the holy spirit i am a world changer and I can change things where I don't have friends. I'm just going to be a radical friend. Where I don't feel this hospitality. I'm just going to be radically hospitable. I'm going to be radically generous. I'm going to sow radically. Because you're going to make all things abound to me. In Jesus' life. name. And you set the, set the, the spiritual temperature of your own heart for generosity. Don't, it's not something just that happens externally. You said it yourself. I'm setting the temperature of my heart to be red hot for you, Jesus. Red hot for your kingdom. And a manifestation of that is going to be hilarious generosity. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Agree with his truth. Agree with the Bible. Someone said this week, don't just read the Bible, do it. (laughs) Don't just read it, agree with it. Line up with it. Submit to its truth. Come under its domain. Come under its rule. Let it shape you. Let it dictate your priorities. Amen.